Hello and welcome to this emergency edition of the Standard Room Only podcast. Yes, I am your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means I was as surprised as everyone else that Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is the new quarterback for the Commanders. He is on the roster after today's surprise trade with the Indianapolis Colts. A lot to get to here because obviously not only from the Washington perspective, all this speculation, all this talk, what are they going to do at quarterback? Whatever you think about it, and we're going to get into what we think about it, they did something. They didn't get Russell Wilson. They didn't get Mitch Trubisky. They didn't definitively wait on a rookie. They went and got Carson Wentz. Uh, to help me do that today, first off, Zach Kiefer, who covers the Colts for the Athletic, he is a tremendous insider, one of the best writers out there, period. And he had a great story up today giving the the, the, the inside look at what, what happened with the Colts. Uh, Zach joined me first to go through that. Plus, we talk a little bit about what, what, what Washington fans can expect with Carson Wentz, what went wrong, and the the sort of the intricacies of the trade, what went down, why did Washington do it when it looked like the Colts might be looking to release Carson Wentz. We get into all that. Then two of my colleagues, uh, other colleagues of The Athletic, Greg Rosenstein and Mike Smeltz, who are also fans of the team, they join me to for the Washington rehash. Um, you know, what are some of the positives? Can we find any? Does this feel just like same old story they're sort of stuck somewhere in the middle with a quarterback. He's okay, but not great. What do we think about it now? Plus they have no more cap space or a very limited amount. What is this going to do for the rest of their off season? Fun conversation with everybody here. We'll get into all that and more here on the standard room only podcast. And by the way, you could follow everyone on Twitter. Zach is at Z Kiefer two E's. Greg is at G Rosenstein. And Mike Smelt is at Mike Smelt with a Z at the end. Um, wild one. If you missed it yesterday, <laughs> I talked to uh, Grant Paulson following the Russell Wilson uh, trade to Denver, the fallout there. And that was a really interesting conversation. I think still holds up. I don't think we, we may have talked about Carson Wentz briefly, but it was still the larger point of kind of what happened there on Russell Wilson and where do things where are things with this organization plus on that podcast episode um i spoke with our uh national nfl writer uh, shield kapadia for a free agency preview yes the quarterback stuff you can skip over if you want but we got into a bunch of other things linebackers safeties receivers running backs some of them is still going to be pretty pertinent because washington still has holes to fill and we'll see how they go about and do that and then before that earlier in this week it's only wednesday and i've already this is already gonna be the third podcast of the week but on monday i had an interview with uh trevor sikama who covers the draft for pro football focus and we did a review of the combine so lots there to get to free agency starts next week the draft is still ahead there's gonna be a bunch to get to but just quickly here on carson wentz again i talk about this a bunch here so i won't go too long here it is ron rivera has been telegraphing something for this whole for weeks he knew he wanted to make a move and he did and we can sit here and say whether it's good or whether it's bad but he did go forward and do this thing the question is of course 
can they fix Carson Wentz? And the term fix is appropriate because clearly something was broken with Indianapolis that after one year and giving up a first round pick, they decided to move on. And again, Zach and I will talk about this in greater detail. It's hard for me to sit here and tell you definitively all your problems are solved that now Washington is right there in the mix with the, with the top of the league. I also can't sit here and tell you this is the worst trade of all time because Carson Wentz has been good in this league. He was an MVP candidate, but it's been a minute. He has been inconsistent. There were locker room concerns, chemistry, more like of a chemistry type of a, of a vibe. Ron Rivera made it pretty clear previously that he, he values the leadership from that position as much or more than almost any other trait with a quarterback. And yet he's taking a gamble on a guy who, when you read Zach's story today in the athletic talks about how, his vibe really the Colts seemed to think was part of their issue when they collapsed at the end of the year. And so from that perspective, it's really going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. Um, I like a lot of you, my initial reaction is to think, I don't know, Carson Wentz, that doesn't sound particularly exciting, but at the same point, you know, he is arguably the best quarterback they would now have had since a healthy Alex Smith or Kirk cousins in his last year. That doesn't mean they're going to improve on what they did a year ago because a lot of it's now going to depend on what other moves that they make. Uh, you know, what? how do they create more cap space? They have less than $3 million right now, according to Spotrack. They can renegotiate Landon, Landon Collins' deal. I reported that the other day, that that was something that they're looking to do. But we're not there yet. Um, or, you know, we, we don't know the resolution there yet. We'll have to see what else on the team they can do. You could potentially still trade some guys on the team to create either more cap space or get back picks or, or get different players. So we're a ways to go before we can definitively sit here and say, this was a good or bad move for Carson Wentz, not to mention they got to play the season, right? But they made a move that it came one day after the Russell Wilson trade to Denver seems to suggest that they were feeling maybe tan- desperate or panic is a bit strong, but they were feeling urgent. And what I reported today was that, they felt that if Carson Wentz hit the open market, truly like became a free agent or the Colts really started to shop him around too much, that they wouldn't get him. They made the move. Um, if, you, if you didn't hear, it's two third round picks and a swap of seconds. The second round swap is basically a five pick difference. Washington moves down and the, the 2023 third round pick could become a second if Carson Wentz plays at least 70% of the snaps. Most likely that'll happen. So, you know, to give up a, effectively, if that happens, a third and a second for this guy, you know, he obviously is going to have to uh, deliver, uh, but he's going to have to deliver anyway. They've got to get better quarterback play. Ron Rivera is gambling that this is the answer. They struck out on Stafford. He struck out on Wilson, an 0-2 count. He wasn't going to go down without taking a hack. He did welcome Carson Wentz to Washington. Um I know a lot of you aren't thrilled, but hey, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll talk plenty more about this in the days ahead, but we've got plenty more here on the podcast. Great interview with Zach Kiefer, who covers Wentz for the Colts. And as I said, Mike Smelt and Greg Rosenstein join me from the Washington perspective as well. All that and more here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right. As promised, joining me here on the podcast to give us the inside scoop on who Carson Wentz is and what the hell happened with the Colts. He is one of our national NFL writers who does cover the Colts, Zach Kiefer. And uh, Zach, we were just discussing like, uh, 
I knew at some point the team I cover was going to make a quarterback move. Didn't know when you knew at some point your team was dumping the quarterback you had. You just didn't know when today it all happened. So clearly you're not surprised it happened, but are you surprised with the way it unfolded? I guess. I'm a little surprised at what the Colts got back. I think it's fair to say Washington was in the mix for Russell Wilson, right? I mean, they wanted to make a move at quarterback. I obviously you'd you prefer Russell Wilson over Carson Wentz. A little surprised the Colts got two thirds back with the way the last month has unfolded, right? I knew the Colts were moving on with Carson Wentz. I've said that. I've written that. I'm not the only person that Indianapolis has said that, has written that. Um, their, leverage, their leverage wasn't quite what it could be. Um, they wanted to move on with him. That was pretty clear. We'll see because he's a starting quarterback. He's one of the better options I think Washington had after Russell Wilson, but he doesn't come without flaw. It's – it's so interesting, like, you know, this is all happening in a rush. We all got to write. We're trying to talk to people and report. And I'm not good enough to, you know, do two things at once. So after, at some point, I'm like, okay, I need to think about this. And Carson Wentz, from a perception standpoint, is a lot of negatives. This guy, you know, flamed out with the Eagles. Uh, you know, obviously, if the Colts are willing to move on with him after one year, what is going on? On the other hand, he's incredibly talented which is better than what was here. So it is hard to figure this out. But I think the, the question for Washington fans has got to be, why on earth after one year when the Colts gave up a first-round pick to get this guy? They have the head coach, is the guy, was this guy's offensive coordinator in Philly. This is why they brought him here. One year. They, won, they also had a winning record. You know, we'll, we'll get to the end of the year. Winning record, they, they said they got to get rid of him. You wrote a great story. I encourage everyone to go read it on The Athletic. But give us the... The crux of it, why did the Colts decide after one year they got to go? Yeah, Frank Reich, that head coach you mentioned, literally his words a couple of weeks ago, I stuck my neck out for Carson. He pushed for this trade last year. And I remember writing, this wasn't a bet as much on Carson Wentz as it was on Frank Reich. And it wasn't terrible. Carson was objectively not terrible the entire season. This was not a football move. This was not simply a football move. Now, his play on the field was exasperating at times. And Washington fans know this from watching him in Philly. And they're going to experience this. It can be a roller coaster. The good is really good. The bad is really bad. And like I told my, my colleagues, Stephen Holder, on our podcast a couple hours ago, like, you always feel like you're two seconds away from disaster. <coughs> Excuse me. So have fun with that. But there's no doubt he did some good things in Indy. This wasn't a football move. They were convinced the top of the organization was convinced that he was not the answer. And the fact that they were willing to move on with him only one year in, this was a four-year experiment, right? That was how much is left on his contract. The fact that they were willing to move in one year in without a plan B in place. Sam Ellinger is not an NFL starter tomorrow if they had to roll with him as the backup um, is telling. That's how determined this team was to move on from Carson Wentz. They just weren't sold on him as a leader as a quarterback, and they believe inside the building that this team doesn't choke the way they choked in week 17 and 18 if he's the quarterback. Whether that's fair or unfair, that's to be determined and that's to be debated, and I understand that, and I can see both sides, but the team's thinking was this was Carson that uh, got us in this position, and they're not willing to run it back and just hope it's better next year. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely, absolutely wild. You know, w one thing I think, and I don't want you to, you know, divulge too much about who's telling you what, but here in a lot of teams, but here in particular, we get concerned when the ownership gets involved, right? Dan Snyder, do not be part of the football conversations. 
So when you hear for any team that the owner is involved, it doesn't, it's not always bad. I think Robert Kraft obviously with New England has done some reasonable choices. Um, if, if Frank Reich to a degree, it sounded, my view was like, he kind of would be, be down to keeping Wentz. Uh, I don't know where Chris Ballard was or the front office, but like if the coach sort of wants to maybe keep him, does that maybe give some credence to the idea? Well, maybe they're sort of forced the forced him out and the coaching staff would say, now nah, we want to keep going with this. Like that would be the more prudent way to go. If we're going to give the coaches the benefit of the doubt. I think it's safe to say there was some debate. There were some different viewpoints. And I think it's safe to say in, in light of a lack of a better options, I think Reich would have run it back. I do believe that. Now he can speak on that when this move is made official. Um, but I can tell you this, this wasn't just the owner. Those who were not fans of Wentz in the organization. Now there were some who absolutely were fans of Wentz. Carson's a tough dude, man. He played through two ankle sprains to get back in like five days. I mean, like I saw this, like he was for real tough and he made some big plays for this team and he, he deserves credit for that. But it wasn't just Jim Ursa that wasn't sold on him. It was not just the owner. There were some other viewpoints on the team, respected voices in the building that were not as well. The uh, the idea of him being a bit uh, not so great in the locker room, this was also chronicled w- with our Eagles uh, group and, and when the whole Philadelphia thing blew up a couple years ago and Doug Peterson was out, Carson Wentz get, gets traded. The Eagles ate an insane amount of cap hit to, to make that move. Um, the locker room stuff was a factor there. Now, there's different variables of locker room negativity. There's the Antonio Brown type situation, yeah. but other people have different personalities. What what was the issue from that perspective? As as if I don't know if you were saying it's an issue, but as viewed as an issue, what was the issue with Carson Wentz as as a teammate in the locker room? See, that's hard to say because like the leadership thing in this league, and and we're guilty of this in the media. Like it's such an intangible thing. Like it's really hard to describe and quantify. And like I didn't see it, but I wasn't in the locker room because of COVID, and I also yeah. don't play for the team. And some guys loved Wentz, and I don't think other guys did. And that's not to say he's a bad guy. I just don't think he had that. I think the way it was described to me was like they had a quarterback they believed in in the last couple of years. Even Jacoby Brissett, who struggled on the field in 2019, like they were behind that guy. They had Phillip Rivers last year, all-time great leader. And before that, they had luck. So the bar is really high in Indianapolis. And I just don't think they got that feel from Carson. I can't speak to that because I'm not on the team. But that's the vibe. He was a little bit hard to coach at times. And I think every quarterback probably is to some degree. Um, He can be exasperating on the field. He can make really easy things really hard. And anyone who was out there saying, oh, he threw for 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. You need to go back and watch the film. I'm not saying he had a terrible season, but that doesn't even come close to describing his season. There was a lot of ups and a lot of downs and the Jacksonville game sealed it. That was a damning indictment of how poorly he could play. He reverted back to his Philadelphia form from last year, and that night and the next day is when it was decided. They just weren't going to run it back with him. Obviously, when we when we have the jobs that we have and we're at the games, I can't always watch a lot of other football, but yeah, I was intrigued to watch the Colts because of Jonathan Taylor, and it felt like when I was watching the games that it, <laughs> the, the sense was, obviously, Taylor is super, super good, and which was like great because they wanted to not give Carson Wentz the opportunity to have to do much. Then as I wrote my story today and I'm in a rush, I'm like 27 touchdowns, seven picks. It seems pretty good. And then I was like, Oh wait, I don't think, I don't, I think there was something else going on here. So I appreciate you kind of at least reminding me and others that the numbers say one thing, but the actual, what was actually functioning out on the field was, was something else. They changed, they changed the way they call games. 
Frank Reich changed the way he called games late in the season. So Jonathan Taylor took off, became the best back in football, won the rushing title by 500 yards. You can't win running the ball in this league right now. You can't win solely running the ball, but they were afraid to throw the ball late in the season because they came once they became one dimensional. You know, they almost lost to the Patriots in December. It was their best win of the season, but they were so afraid to run the, to, to throw the football that they were going to run it against stacked boxes. And Jonathan Taylor's good enough that he still broke the game when he touched on open, but there was this feeling that they were going to lose a big game because once threw a bunch of interceptions or a critical interception late, that came against Las Vegas. It came against Jacksonville. And if they would have made the playoffs, that was the thought in the back of my head was they're going to lose this, lose this game on an interception from Wentz. So they had to change the way they called games and, and it really hurt the offense late. And it's really what led to their downfall in Jacksonville. So if you were advising Scott Turner, Washington's offensive coordinator, what would you say to him? He needs to consider when he's pl- planning for Carson Wentz. Carson's really talented, man. He can make all the throws. You've heard this. He can launch it down the field, 60 yards. He's got a great deep ball. He will avoid sacks with the best of them. He's really good at that. He's got great instincts in that regard. What he struggled with in India, and this is Frank Bragg's system, it's a timing-based offense. You have to anticipate, and you have to throw with anticipation and timing. And he just struggles with that. There's a lot of times when he'll just miss open receivers. You heard Chris Ballard after the season say, you know, we were like, what did you tell Carson after the season? And he said, you got to make the layups, man. And by that, I mean the screen passes, the open throws. Carson's going to try and take the 35-yard deep ball and double coverage as opposed to the Jonathan Taylor out where he's wide open. And that kills you because you got to move the chain sometimes. So he plays a little bit of hero ball. Frank did a good job of getting him away from that this season for the most part. Seven interceptions is pretty good. He should have had a couple more, but they were dropped by the defenders. But um, – He plays a little bit individualistic from the quarterback spot, and that gets him into trouble. And like I said earlier, he makes easy things hard. And the quarterback position is hard enough as it is. And he's tantalizing, man. He can make a lot of great plays, and he will, but he can make plays that will lose you games. And the Colts went two and five in one-score games this year, and a lot of that had to do with the quarterback. Um, All right, well, great. Um, <laughs> sounds like great, great news for, uh, I got to keep it real with you, man. No, I, 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 I appreciate it. Look, I mean, you know, that's, uh, the, the reality is what it is. I, I I'm not going to sit here and say Ron Rivera was desperate, but he was incredibly transparent for weeks now that they're going, they're searching everywhere to get a quarterback. Everybody knew they needed one. I, I'm almost applaud the, 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 the honesty to do that. But that said, it almost feels like. I kept wondering, is he boxing himself into a corner that he can't like say whatever you want about Carson Wentz. You can at least from a PR perspective, paint him as a pretty good quarterback. Whereas like, if you're down to the Mitch Trubisky's, you're kind of like, and the Colts might have to go down that right. So the, the, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely real. The Colts might have to go backwards at quarterback in 2022. And you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Washington found the answer. Right. We'll see. And, And to that point, one thing I think is interesting is so obviously I've been, focusing on what could happen here at quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo has been sort of the one guy prior to Russell Wilson getting traded that we thought, okay, here's the one guy that we kind of know is on the trade market. So what is it going to cost? And in my head, I was like, I don't know, a second and a fourth. He only has one year left, but it's a lot of money. Are you going to extend him? all that stuff? Well, now the Colts just got two thirds, possibly a, the one of those thirds becomes a second. If Wentz plays at least 70% of the snaps, which, he should do if he starts all the all season plus a swap of second round picks, which has moved up like five spots. I'm actually now going to be interested to see if the Colts make a trade for Garoppolo or somebody else, 
what that what that is because uh, the, the the trade for Garoppolo, if it were to be, I know that's already been rumored. It better <laughs> if you're Washington, it better be more than two thirds and the that's pick swap because otherwise you're like, wait, why didn't you go get Jimmy Garoppolo? Doesn't Garoppolo cost more than Wentz? And I understand the contracts are not equal, but Garoppolo is a better quarterback, I think. Like, I, well, I don't know. A, they I don't all, man. Yeah, he, he he doesn't come with the locker room baggage that we're talking about, but I don't know that he's better. He also only has the one year left, which goes both ways. At least the good thing for Wentz is if this year is a disaster for Washington, he has no more guaranteed money, and oh. they, they, they they lost a couple third. I thought picks the Colts were in for two years with Wentz, and then they were, you know, the guaranteed money runs out, and then they make their decision. Then Jacksonville happened, and uh, we're here talking about the trade. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And lastly, about the trade itself. So you had in, in your story that um, Washington came in before the Russell Wilson deal and offered a couple of later round picks. The deal ended up the way that it ended up, which begs the question, Did Washington? why did Washington feel compelled to do this? You even were writing, it's possible the culture is going to cut him. I, my sense is that Washington felt there was going to be a bidding war. Maybe, I don't know if there was one, but there could have been. What what's your sense from the cold side as to were other teams involved right now? And that's why Washington had to do something. This happened fast, at least from what I was able to gather today. Like I heard Washington this morning, but that was the first time I heard something that I actually believe from someone I trust. So I don't know if there was going to be a bidding war for Carson Wentz. And I don't know because the Colts kind of hurt their leverage because I honestly believe they were going to release him next week if they couldn't get a deal done. So Maybe they, I don't know. I don't know about that, but um, the fact I, I was, I w- I'll be honest. I was surprised at the haul that they got. I was surprised that the Colts got as much as they did. Yeah. I didn't think they would even touch a second rounder and we'll see if that's how it plays out, but I didn't even think they'd touch a second round pick. Yeah. I, 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 I hear it. I was standing there last week at the combine listening to Chris Bauer. I just thought he was going to get traded unless somebody was willing to eat some of the contract. And that's the other thing that Washington took all of the money. That's another part that's surprising to me. That's stunning. Almost. I thought the Colts were going to be on hook for 15 million for sure. Yeah. I mean, Washington basically gave up all its cap space for Carson Wentz. And again, if you, if you upgrade a quarterback, it's all worth it, but it better be. (laughs) It's basically how it goes. Uh, Zach, man, I appreciate the time on the short notice. Go read Zach on uh, the athletic i mean this story is important all his stuff legitimately he's one of the best writers we have so i really appreciate it man and uh good luck for, uh, you, you have a quarterback search to go good luck i'm gonna be following carson this this next year so thanks ben thanks for having me man yep all right uh now we're gonna switch to the washington side of this solely and i know this is ultimately where everybody wants to get on, get on. I don't know if you have angst. I don't know if you're happy. Whatever it is, we're going to get to it. Helping me here today, two guys that I work with, work with at the Athletic, who are Washington fans, whether they want to admit it or not. Mike Smelt and Greg Rosenstein, and gentlemen, I appreciate the impromptu. Or this is impromptu. I appreciate the willingness to do this. First reactions: the Carson Wentz era is will officially be here in a couple days once the trade's official it's done though greg you can start where are you at i got some mixed feelings on this because we've just had such a horrendous track record over the years where you know i saw somebody i follow say oh this is still an upgrade from who we've had in recent years but the bar is so low it's still kind of crazy that's the case 
Um, I also, I went to Indiana for college. So I have a lot of friends who are Colts fans. And I had so many text me this morning, laughing, mocking us. Thank God you got him away. Two different people wrote me separately, unprompted, good luck. You know, I don't know if they were, you know, if it was a one year blip on his career or what, but even the Colts fans there are not um, sad to see him leave. That's kind of a telling thing. Same thing with Frank Reich, who's like a big supporter. Carson Wentz is, is okay letting him go. These are all just like red flags to me. Part of me is feeling like because they lost out on Russell Wilson, they just needed to make some sort of splash just to sort of appease the fan base. And it almost kind of blew up in their face because I feel like this is getting universally panned right now. Um, you know, it's like Carson Wentz is probably an upgrade from Taylor Heineke, but the problem is it's just so minimal. It's like, did we really have to give up all that and pay that much money? So that's kind of where I'm at right now where it's like, all right, yes, they might've improved slightly, but it's still not an ideal situation. We're in this like stopgap phase that's never going to end. It's stopgap hell where we're just bringing in these guys for two or three years that may or may not work out. Like I'm just so envious of these other friends of mine who have quarterbacks who are young and talented with upside. And we're just going to a guy now that, you know, two people have already moved on from. So I'm very curious, Mike, what your take is. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like we were talking, Greg and I were talking about this before. I think there are two quarterbacks that if the, the Washington football team, the commanders had gotten, I would be less, less excited by, which is Mitch Trubisky, which I've never been on the Trubisky train. I think, I, I mean, he was not good in Chicago. He's a backup in Buffalo. He doesn't play and somehow his uh, value gets inflated. So I would have been disappointed. And the other one's Deshaun Watson because this team cannot bring, they, they, I, they, they should not have. There should be no entertaining of Deshaun Watson. But Wentz is like, <laughs> Wentz is a bad fallback plan. And to me, the biggest problem that, that this runs into is like, sure, he's a fine quarterback. I don't know how much of an upgrade but he is over Taylor Heineke. My problem is this team is reeked of desperation all offseason about this quarterback thing. Ron Rivera, at every opportunity, would describe how, how willing the team was to go to the great lengths to throw assets into any deal. There's the reports before Russell Wilson is dealt to Denver. Like, what was it, two days? Ben, what was it, about two days before that the Washington football team via sources are saying, yeah. um, we offered three first-round picks uh, and Seattle turned us down, right? And then eventually, once Russell was traded, we get more clarity on what uh, the commanders traded or offered to trade, and essentially the word was, Seattle really wasn't trying to engage because they wanted to get him out of conference. So I understand that, but it's the desperation. And, you know, the thing I, that most excited me about the Ron Rivera era is that it felt like, okay, this would be a, this is going to be a long-term build. They're going to try to do things the right way uh, that I'm not going to get too involved with the owner here, but that maybe the owner learned a little bit of that, the, the structure of the organization needed to shift towards less about sort of like satisfying the immediate and the Wentz trade just felt like they they were afraid to continue to play the long game and the desperation meter can be kicked up in rarely in football being desperate is bad and this team made a desperate move for a guy if you you talk to Zach Kiefer I've been talking to Zach for weeks now just in general about Wentz I know what the Colts think of Wentz they in Zach's story, and I'm sure he talked about this, 
a source told him that Frank Reich apologized to Jim Irsay for convincing the Colts to trade for Wentz. Now, that's not that's not a great note, a, a, a goodbye <laughs> note for Wentz. So this is a long-winded way of saying, like, sure, Wentz may be better than Heineke. What in fact, though, I think he's a much worse quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick was when Ryan Fitzpatrick came here. So, yeah, we didn't see Ryan Fitzpatrick. We had no Ryan Fitzpatrick, so we can't. there's nothing to judge this team off of. But I think this team is going to be in a worse quarterback situation going into 2022 season than they were going into 2021. Um, so there's a lot of desperation. No, I, yeah. I hear you. And, and part, one of the reasons of men, I, I, um, I, one of the reasons I, 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 I just hate you guys up on Slack to see if you had time was I, I only ever talk to people who are like on the beat or the radio guys. So I, it, it's all sort of a bit of an echo chamber. We're all sort of talking the same stuff and I don't talk to the fan perspective and you guys are not like insane. You guys are just fans of the team, but you bring a logical perspective. And I am curious, like, what do other people think of this? Have they been thinking of Ron Rivera's constant talking about this as admitting the truth or some form of desperation? And I do think that's what's going to be interesting here to play this out. But just to go back to the Wentz thing for a second, like, my perception is that Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback. Like, like he, you know, he's become one of these quarterbacks that essentially is just a permanent meme. It's just all negative. And with him, some of it is not just on the field, but some of it is off the field. And that's a lot what was in Zach's story. And we talked about that for sure. And and I heard from other people that his locker room presence is not necessarily ideal. Um, That said, in the story I have up on The Athletic, I said, I think that he's their, on paper, their best quarterback since Kirk Cousins. And I don't know that I'm, I mean, he's very talented. Now the numbers last year, were um um not so Average. great I, well like on the one hand it was 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions but in talking to zach he's like do not look at those numbers and think that meant he was incredibly uh, efficient it was like constant feeling of he's gonna throw an interception and so i'm admittedly thinking to myself maybe i'm wrong and also i'm sort of i always forget that alex smith at one point was healthy <laughs> you know that, that it wasn't just the guy with the broken leg so maybe I'm wrong in saying he's better than Alex Smith and I may have my editor go in and, and tweak that. But my, I guess my point is, I feel like there is a, like, I don't, I don't think the Colts, I mean, Chris Ballard said this publicly and I take it to be at his word. He's a pretty candid guy that Carson Wentz didn't play that bad last year. So this isn't to say that this is a good trade or this is what Washington should have done. It is to say that they got a guy who is an upgrade over what they had, I think. My, my, my Ryan Fitzpatrick was all over the place. I mean, we don't know what he was going to do here. He didn't play. Uh, but where were they going with him? I, I, Carson Wentz is a guy that has done good things. If they win one of those two games at the end of the year, the Colts have a 10-win season and make the playoffs. Does that mean he's good? I don't know. Jonathan Taylor was the offense, but you got to give him credit for something. So I think Carson Wentz is an upgrade over what they had. And I would say that if he if things work out, he gives them the probably this, the most stable version they've had in some time. I'll, I'll open the floor to that. Is there any reason to be optimistic about it from, from like that perspective? Well, I mean, he does have some track record, right? I mean, he was an MVP candidate not that long ago. 
But I just think like last year was just so horrible and put such a bad taste in people's mouths that they can't get past last year. That's why I am slightly optimistic that maybe it was just one rough year. Maybe it was just a bad situation he was in. But that said, he had one of the best running backs in all of football. He had a good offensive line. He had some talent at receiver. And it's like, are we an upgrade in any of those areas? I don't even know. We, we actually might be worse in all in all of those areas. Um, he'll have Terry McLaurin, he'll have Logan Thomas, you know, um, Gibson's a good quarterback, but he's not Jonathan Taylor. So I mean, good running back, but it's not Jonathan Taylor. So I don't know. I'm just, we're just taking another gamble. And this is the problem again, which is just like, we just have no idea what to expect out of this position. And Mike and I were talking how we're the exact same age. We're both 33 years old and I've basically had one good year at quarterback our entire lives. So it's just insane that it's like, it's still the same situation year after year after year. So like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. There, there is some, there is some track record of him performing well. And I don't think he was probably as bad as everybody's saying this morning. I think people love to just take shots, especially at this franchise, but it's going to be like another season of like, all right, what do we have here? Well, that's, that's the thing. It's hard, like, because they're, it's been so negative for so long. It's hard to ever look at the micro level anymore. I, I, I last year when they lost to Denver in week eight, they were two and six and people were talking about the red zone offense stinks and Chris blew it. And I'm like, Hey, none of this matters. I'm t- we're done. Here's what matters. They have no quarterback in the owner's situation. That's it. And I've been trying to stay on the macro level the whole time. And I totally get it. Why would you, wh- what is the point of getting yourself excited about, about any of this? when it does feel like it's just a constantly of rearranging the deck chairs but okay i mean they ultimately are going to play the season so we can all sit here and lament that they're never going to get a quarterback okay unfortunately this is where it is here's where they're at and we can maybe discuss in a minute whether they should still draft somebody or what else they could do but here's where they're at here's my biggest concern i think honestly (laughs) with this trade and this is all does happen we're talking at 8.30 8.30 at night on Wednesday. The trade is a few hours ago. I just got done writing, and I'm taking these guys away from their lives. Um, they don't have any money now. Car- Carson Wentz costs $28.3 million. That's salary and cap hit. It's all guaranteed, or at least it will be when the league starts next week. Now, the good news is long-term, he has no more guaranteed money. So if this whole thing falls apart, they're out after one year. But for this year, they had roughly $33 million in cap space. Uh, or give or take, and now it's down to like three million, depending on which site you look at, website you look at. Uh, that's a problem. Now they can they can make a couple moves. I, I reported the other day that they're gonna they're trying to renegotiate with Landon Collins. Let's just say they cut him. That's like six point something million dollars. They don't have a ton of other space. So the the point of like if you added a Trubisky, my pie in the sky view was you add Trubisky, you sign a a, a, a some receiver of note with with some money you maybe so you, you add a veteran middle linebacker you spend your first two three picks on the other positions you might need a guard or whatever and you know the you stay healthy the defensive line wakes up eh, maybe now it's like wait a minute how are you going to fill all these holes like you can you even bring back this isn't the nba you can't go over the cap to resign your own guys so how are you bringing anybody how are you doing this that to me is maybe my bigger concern you're leaving perhaps Carson Wentz a little more on an island to have to do more with less. Not saying they have it's disaster. I'm just saying how are they going to fill the holes? I think is a big question. Yeah, and if I'm going to be positive for a second, 
Ooh, I heard Colin Cowherd say this, and I and I don't know if I agree with it, but I'd like to get your guys' opinion. After the trade happened, Cowherd immediately said the Commanders had the second best quarterback in the NFC East, obviously behind Dak. Now, I would almost rather have a Jalen Hurts led offense that like not Jalen Hurts the quarterback, but the offense that you can build around Hurts, I think is more reliable and more potentially has a higher ceiling in terms of scoring. But I don't disagree the fact that, like, I'm not a big Daniel Jones guy. I think he has talent, but I think there's, like, it looks like the Giants may bring in Trubisky to compete, which makes a lot of sense because Dayball, obviously from Buffalo, and and the GM there was is also from Buffalo. So, like, they know Trubisky. They're going to bring him in to compete. But I, I do think that's worth considering, is that if the Washington football team, the commanders, had gone in with Taylor Heineke and, let's say, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, whoever, they would probably be have the fourth, they would have the worst in the NFC East. And typically, if you have the worst quarterback situation, you're not going to do anything in the division. And that does matter, of course, where now, I don't know, does that, does that feel accurate to say that Wentz is the second best quarterback in the NFC East? Well, can we let's broaden this out to just even the conference, right? I don't have the fullest in front of me. Maybe if right. One of you guys has it of, of the teams. Obviously, the best quarterbacks in the conference, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, despite whatever's going on with that situation, Kirk right? Cousins. Well, so, okay, so after those okay. four, right now we're at the Kirk Cousins and the Matt Ryan level. I don't, we, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo's in the conference still. If he is, then he sort of fits in there. Um, I'm, I'm trying to flip through this. I, I'm not going to put the, you know, the Justin Fields or Trey Lances anywhere yet because they're not, they're, they're nowhere at this right. point. And I guess my point is if Carson Wentz plays up to the ability we've seen, is he, I mean, isn't he right generally there in the Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan level? Now I'm not saying I would, I wouldn't rather have those guys. I'm just saying if things work out, we have seen him play. He was an MVP candidate a few years ago. So I, I, I right. So can't we sort of make the argument that like I, I spoke earlier when I was getting ready for, to write. Ooh. I spoke to both Mike Tannenbaum and uh, and uh, Joe, Joe Banner, Banner. Uh, you know, two f- former executives, and I honestly can't remember which one said this, but one of them was saying sort of thus this that like he's arguably a top eight quarterback in the NFC. I, unless you're t- unless I'm missing somebody, tell me where I'm wrong. That's not terrible in a conference where they just lost Russell Wilson, Tom Brady's retired. Uh, you know, like. Again, yeah, if you look at the NFC's quarterback situation, it's pretty bleak. But after you get past sort of that top tier of Rodgers and Dak, and if we're going to put Stafford and Kyler, like we're saying, that's top tier. Like the entire NFC South, Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta, Matt Ryan's the best one in Carolina. Like that is a that's a wasteland for quarterbacks right now. Uh, obviously, Detroit has no direction. Seattle just lost their quarterback. San Francisco is going to go to Trey Lancer, maybe Tom Brady. If he comes back. So, yeah, I, so I think if you're, if you are to be, to advocate for Ron Rivera and staff for making this move, they felt like they could not go in with Taylor Heineke and a rookie to, to seriously compete for the season. What Wentz does do is it allows you to structure your entire off season, structure your, that entire plan, both from drafting, from free agency and from sort of OTAs and practices and scheming around. This is our guy. And I'm sure Ron is going to say something of like, if Ta- Taylor Heineke is in camp, he'll be like, it's, it's a competition, you know, 
because Ron Rivera values competition, but Wentz is going to be the guy. So, like, that helps for the mentality of the team to know he is the guy. Now, of course, we could say the negative is that he was also the guy in Philly. They left him, let him go. Frank Reich, who pounded the table for him in Indy uh, and had to apologize to the owner, uh, he Frank Reich is probably the best person in the NFL to understand what could make Wentz succeed, and he couldn't do it uh, last this past season. So, like, of course, yeah, there's negatives. But Wentz does provide a level of um, consistency and understanding that if you had Kenny Pickett or Willis or any of those rookies or Taylor Heineke, you just I, I think Taylor Heineke, I, you know, he's he's best as a backup. I think everyone can agree. I don't know if there's like going to be this like massive land of growth that was beyond him. So right. positives. Yeah. Wentz is, you know, he's. He's a guy, but the problem is again, it's not it's not a Super Bowl formula to be like, eh, he's a guy. He's a yeah, guy no, and, and that could play football. Right, and to spread it back out to the macro, this is now we're saying if things work out, he could be like a top eight quarterback in the conference, which is very different than saying you're contending with the Rams and Green Bay. And this is the thing now. Of course, if the defense looks more like it did in 2020 than it did last year, Antonio Gibson takes a step up running. Uh, Curtis Samuel plays, uh, you know, whatever Curtis they do Samuel's on the team. I, I really I, don't remember. I, I believe I saw his name on the list. Don't um, remember. whatever they do in the he first, played the same amount of snaps as Ryan Fitzpatrick, basically. Yeah. They, they were a great scout team. IR team. I, I can't remember. I've been talking a lot lately. I don't know where I said this, but my favorite part of the combine, I think was when Ron Rivera was discussing the various options at quarterback. He said, and we also have two free agents, Kyle Allen and Garrett Gilbert. And I was like, yeah. uh, yeah, three. <laughs> just throwing Ryan Fitzpatrick out. We're just moving on from that one. Apparently, that didn't work out. Um, but anyway, so like this is this is the bigger issue. Like, and this is what I wrote in my story that like Carson Wentz is talented enough to get them their first winning season under Rivera and since 2016. That is not why they play the game. They play the game to have a shot at the Lombardi. You can't always win it. Do you have a shot? Carson Wentz going to have to do a lot better for them to have a shot. And that's on top of all the other things that are going to have to work. And that's the part where how do they ever get out of this conundrum? And Ron Rivera is not the kind of guy he, he would very much be opposed to the Sam Hinkie or Stephen Ross version of tanking. I kid Stephen Ross allegedly tanking, uh, but right. Like he's not going to do that. And they're, and they won seven games last year with Taylor Heineke. So that's not going to be a thing. So how do you ever get out of this conundrum? And I do think this is the problem, which leads then to this question. They still have the 11th pick. Oh, yeah. Malik Willis, baby. So I'm of the opinion, if you thought any of these quarterbacks were worth the 11th pick, you should not have made this trade. Yeah. Because Carson Wentz, if he's only here for one year, this was a mistake. Because then that clearings clearly did not work out. So, and everybody seems to say that this is an uninspiring draft. So to me, I'm not taking a quarterback at 11. But before I go to what I would do, just you guys can be quickly, Greg, what would, would you still consider a quarterback at 11 or you on my side? I would consider it, but I am on your side on this because I think if they're going to go out and spend this amount to get a guy like Carson Wentz, he's not going to be a one-year quarterback, hopefully. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, this group doesn't really have that much excitement about it. Like, I'm curious where some of these guys from a couple of years ago that were like mid to late first round or second rounders, if they would be even above these guys. Everybody loves Malik Willis, but it's like, 
he has he has some issues too. You know what I mean? He's like a high risk, high reward guy. So I don't know to take that guy number eleven, and if he doesn't pan out, then it's like just another Dwayne Haskins situation. You know what I mean? And it's like to me, it's like all right, we have some capable backups right now. Carson Wentz is there. Why don't we take some stud receiver? You know what I mean? One of the Ohio State guys, maybe, uh, or whatever, at number 11, get some stud to pair with McLaurin or fill one of these other needs that you have on the roster. But it's just like, I don't know. I think I don't. I think when everybody is saying these guys aren't that great, why do you need to go at 11? You can get maybe Ritter at the, in the second round or somebody like that. Right. And, and uh, yeah, Mike, go, go ahead. Well, yeah, so I, well, I love – and I don't think they're going to do this. I love the strategy of pairing Wentz with Willis, taking Will. I mean, taking Willis in the first round, whether it has to be 11 or if you can move down, though, it just seems like someone's going to take a shot on Willis somewhere in the first round. And why I like it is because that Wentz contract that we talked about, they're already paying him this year. That's guaranteed. Okay. And you, you yeah, you would, pull, you're trading for him. So you're going to keep him for this year regardless. And then the contract is set up where there's no guaranteed money the the season after that and the season after that and i like the idea like if you're gonna do this where you're trying if you're actually trying to find the quarterback wentz is a high level stopgap who can actually take you to the playoffs he almost took the colts even though of course they failed um and if you're gonna take any quarterback in this draft who has the chance for being something special I don't think it's Kenny Pickett because he's never really been special until this last year in college football. I don't think it's going to be Ritter because if, if you watch Cincinnati, they, you know, he seems like a Alex Smith, if Alex Smith, like Alex Smith, the version in college, not the, the Smith in college, but like the way Smith was playing with the Washington football team, that's who at Ritter was. Right. And I, I like Sam Howell, but a lot of people really don't like him. Willis is the high ceiling guy and he's the guy everyone says is two years away. So, I don't hate the strategy of taking Willis. What I think they're going to do is what Greg was saying. It's like, okay, we're going to grab the one of the wide receivers. We're going to grab a weapon to improve the offense. Trey, you know, who's it? The guy from Arkansas, Burks, mm-hmm. the wide receiver who's like a Debo Samuel clone in a way. Um, and Washington did meet with him at the combine for what it's worth. Yeah. And, and so, like, I can see that's the path. But I, I would love if there's some configuration where they keep 11, they take a high level wide receiver, they take their second round pick plus something else, whatever that something else is, they obviously have lost their third round pick, so they don't have those to deal, but then they move up to get Willis at the end of the first, get that fifth year option locked in. And then they grow him. And what I think is going to happen is if they have Willis in the locker, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if, if, if you get Willis in the locker room, the players are going to gravitate towards Malik Willis having heard him speak. And I don't know if you saw the video of him, like donating his clothes to a homeless man on the streets of Indianapolis. Like when no one, he didn't know people were filming him, of course, or at least we believe he doesn't Um, just hearing him speak. I think people are going to gravitate towards him and, you know, week four, we'll have a quarterback controversy for Ben to write about on the athletic. How great would that be? Oh, that would be great. Um, I can already see Daniel Snyder being like, well, I saw that one video, so we need to take him. You know what I mean? Like, that's a Daniel Snyder thing to do, just like how we saw Dwayne Haskins and said, oh, he played my kid in football in high school. And, you know, I'm not I'm not opposed to that, by the way. I, I don't I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, but it just sort of like if you don't love, love this guy, it's like don't stretch and take somebody like that. 
Um, by the way, I keep going back to this, not to uh, veer back into the, the Wentz situation, but I guess my other question is like, what other options did they have? I don't understand this like crazy love for Mitch Trubisky all of a sudden. It's, I mean, you guys have felt that, right? Like in the last few weeks, everybody's talking about how amazing he is. Oh, I've taken, I've taken some responsibility for this. Cause in, I mean, I, I, I now say this so often, I'm sure people are annoyed, but like in January, when it, when everybody started to talk about, are they going to go get Rogers or Wilson? I was like, no, 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 we're pumping the brakes. They're lucky if they get a shot of Garoppolo and Mitch Trubisky will have options because that was, and then since then it's become the default. And I, when I was at the combine, I swear I had more conversations about Trubisky than I did any of the. The, the rookies but to your point this was what the issue was what options did they really have like right. okay fine russell wilson just got traded and we can you know i talked about this on the podcast that was been up for a little over 24 hours at this point about that um you know he everybody wanted him to go to the afc in denver basically fine until Derek carr becomes available until Matt Ryan is available or Kirk Cousins, which I don't suspect any of them will be. They're looking at a pedestrian free agent class, an uninspiring rookie class. And can you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? They didn't want to wait on Garoppolo or whatever. And they went this way. So yeah, they didn't have a ton of options. And this has been the part of the problem when you're trying to sell the idea that you're going to improve a quarterback. Do you box yourself into a corner a little bit when you're like, Oh crap, <laughs> there's not much out here. What are we going to do? Right. And then the other thing too is the other the other name that you didn't bring up is Deshaun Watson. Oh yes. Who Mike and I talked a little bit about this before the podcast, but we got kind of mixed feelings on this because, or 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 different feelings on this, I should say, because I mean, I just think his talent is so strong and so high above everybody else. It's like maybe it would have been worth trying at least. You know what I mean? The problem is we are like maybe the worst franchise in the entire NFL in terms of uh, image and, you know, we have an owner going through a lot of stuff, you know, for 30 plus years, but especially right now they changed the name. They, they're dealing with all this stuff that you can't bring in somebody who has off the field issues. Um, and it just kind of unfortunate to me because like, you know, if this guy's, um, you know, obviously he's dealing with legal things right now, but like if he's clear to some of these things and he's allowed to play and then somebody else gets him, it's like, what if the, I was listening to a, pod, a radio show earlier, a DC radio, and they were saying, what if the Eagles go out and get to Sean Watson? Uh, that's the, that, that to me at this point would be the worst case scenario by a lot. Not it's one thing to miss Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson showing up in the division would be a disaster. And I think, look, the giants also have two first round picks. My sense is even though their owner, uh, the owner came out and said they're out, my sense is they're not actually out, but that, I mean, that's not to say that he gives a crap. I'm just saying, I, I feel like teams are going to monitor this and somebody's going to make a big move. And yeah, I, that would be an absolute disaster for Washington. If Deshaun Watson comes into the division, but, but like I'm saying too, it's hard because Washington really can't do it because we have so many problems, you know, off the field. And so it's like, you can't bring in a guy with that type of history. You agree with that, right, Mike? Yeah. I mean, they, this team, Ron Rivera can, could not have come in as this culture-changing commander that he is and then have traded for Deshaun Watson because things got a little sticky here in D.C., right? Like that, it would have been a completely against this entire Jason Wright, Marty Mayhew, Martin Herney, or is it, you know, whatever, the Marty's. Close enough. Yeah, and, and Ron Rivera, right? Like it would have been against everything that we've been hearing about what matters to this team. 
regardless of what you think of Watson's issues, I don't, I don't, you know, where there's going to be a there's the grand jury is going to convene on this, and that, and that was part of this thing where the commander's desperation did not allow them to even consider Deshaun Watson, anyways, right? Like they couldn't even wait on Jimmy Garoppolo and whatever the 49ers were waiting are waiting on for a deal. Um, I'm going to be interested to see what Garoppolo goes for because if oh. Wentz essentially goes for, um, you know, a pick swap, a three and a, it's, it's going to be a two, but, you know, if, if everything goes like according to plan, if Wentz play, Wentz is going to play in probably 70% of the snaps, that pick in 2023, that's the third round pick is going to become a second round pick. Um, Garoppolo, I mean, Ben, is Garoppolo going to go for more? than that do you think now or do you think actually Wentz because like, the talk I think before was that Garoppolo is like maybe going to be a second round and a fourth round or something like so that. So this is what I just was talking about this with, with Zach because obviously he still has to his team still has to go find a quarterback and there was already rumors about Garoppolo and I was saying this is now going to be fascinating if the Garoppolo thing is not like I guess the, but even that there was we were debating is Garoppolo better than Carson Wentz and my only argument was he doesn't have the locker roomy baggage stuff but that doesn't mean he's actually going to get you anywhere. Like nobody would be excited for Jimmy Garoppolo either. Right. Or like nobody would be doing the cartwheels, even though he has made the NFC championship game two of the last three years, but yeah, hundred percent, I'm going to be fascinated to see about that. And, and lastly, I'll just say going back to the rookie thing, there's multiple components to this whole scenario. And one of them is we can talk about the on the field stuff, but the off the field stuff is as on some level, as important from a business perspective, how do you get people to give a crap? I say this as somebody whose job it is to write about the team for a, a site that has a paywall, right? I need people to be excited about this team. Carson Wentz is not going to move the needle. Now I'm not saying trading, like drafting Malik. Well, Malik Willis might just because of the hype at this point, but like, yeah. you know, I do wonder like to me, what I would strongly consider if I'm going to go to the saints, I'm going to go to Pittsburgh and I'm going to say, Hey, we're okay at quarterback now. You guys, I don't know what you're doing. You want to trade up? Let's talk about this. You could still then at 18 or 20 draft a quarterback, but also the the deal the Bears made last year to go from 20 to 11 netted the Giants an extra first round pick, right? If Washington could do that to the point of what, how do they get off this cycle? Now you would have two first round picks next year to either potentially trade up in the draft or to go get the Russell Wilson type guy again, who the hell knows what the world will look like. But that to me is an interesting thing. Plus, if you take the rookie, you can at least point towards that guy as hope that isn't going to get season ticket holders going crazy, but at least there's something. And I do wonder to the larger point we started with about how desperate does this feel? Does a coach go into his third year uh, with no winning seasons and all these con considerations think, boy, I got to do something else here. They don't have any money in the cap space to do too much on that end. So th that's my one thought about drafting a rookie one way or the other is uh, it gives the fans something to cling to beyond just hoping that Carson Wentz is not terrible. I know, but that's kind of that's kind of a bad situation, right? Yeah. It's like let's yeah. give the fans slight excitement here. Like they should not be picking people based on – making us feel slightly better about things, you know, it's just, I don't know. My frustration is just, it's the same thing year after year after year. We're always trying to get out of this hole. 
Um, I did find it funny when Ian Rappaport the other day said we were one quarterback away. It was that that was in the tweet, right? He had one big tweet like that. I don't know if we're one to one quarterback away. Like it's, I mean, they're you know the defense wasn't as good as we thought they would be last year. I don't know. I'm not as all in on Ron Rivera as I used to be. Um, I don't know where you are, Mike. It's just sort of like he's a really good guy. So he's like, is that enough? You know what I mean? It's like he he hasn't been that amazing when it comes to on field. He took us to an NFC title with seven wins. So I don't know. There's just so I'm just. I'm kind of down right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little down. Like I'm not really more optimistic than I was heading into today. I'm, I'm going to be more down than I was because of the situation. Um, but I, unfortunately there just, there were like no options. I think once Rogers left, I'm sorry, once Rogers decided to go back to green Bay and Wilson went to Denver, no matter what, kind of like you said, Ben, I think no matter what, there were like no good options. Not to get too football-y, but I do worry about, Scott Turner's offense with Wentz, we're like the optimal version. We haven't haven't seen it ever of Scott Turner's offense. Should be like a guy who's like a quick operator in the pocket, who knows where to go with the football. It's a guy who can do you know pull the ball out of the running back's stomach and do make a quick RPO play or something like that. Or uh, there's a lot of motion going on, and it's passing out to your backs, your tight ends, and then finding McLaurin right where Wentz's whole problem is he's Superman on every play. And, you know, maybe Scott Turner's offense because everything is is pretty quick. And Turner, I think, you know, some people just don't like his offense. Some people do. The thing I'll give him credit for is that he has built offenses midseason around different quarterbacks and made them fairly successful just in general. Like, they've been able to move the ball. And at times under Taylor Heineke, like the offense would move the ball a ton. They just wouldn't get it into the end zone. I worry about how, because we just saw the offense that Wentz should be in, which was Indy. I mean, Frank Reich, of course, was one of the architects of the offense that made Wentz an MVP candidate. And they had the great structure that, Greg, you talked about. I actually think Washington's pass catchers are maybe better than Indy, but I think it's not too much of a difference, right? And then everything else is better in Indy. Um, and Wentz was like, what, what was he, you know, he was average, a little bit below average probably. Um, so I do wonder like the fit, you know, when we, Ben, you've talked to Jay Gruden about this. When, when the trade was made to bring in Alex Smith, Jay Gruden had no clue what was happening. Um, I, I'm, I know, of course, Ron Rivera knew that they were getting Wentz and I'm sure he talked to Scott Turner, but I don't know if Scott Turner is. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he's like was pounding the table to go back to that to get Wentz. If he was like Wentz is the quarterback and the, that operate in this offense. I I'm a f- not fearful, but I don't think that the fit is perfect there, which goes back to like this feeling like a stopgap measure. Let's see what we've got. Wentz does have a high ceiling because we've seen it. We've seen the ceiling in his house. Um, so I don't, I, you know, what a weird day. Usually, like Greg, usually we grow up a new quarterback, the best. And Ben, and how many times have you read about quarterback controversy or a new quarterback concerning this franchise? It is the the thing that continues to drive the like the media cycle in this area. We always care about who the quarterback is. We care about who the backup quarterback is, and we care about who's in the draft. Those are the team can draft that guy. It, Wentz is a new quarterback who we've seen kill this team in the past. And 
I feel like just from the action of just like us three here, people on Twitter, my friends, I don't know if anyone's excited, right? That's very, it's a pretty damning thing if no one in DC is excited for the idea that Carson Wentz is the quarterback. Did, did you see that uh, one of the top gambling sites actually made our odds worse? Yeah. <laughs> We're now, yeah, we went from like 60 to one to 75 to one in one of the leading gambling websites. So it's like, even these, how did we get worse? Like, I mean, I don't think we necessarily got worse. I think we probably improved slightly, but well, this I mean, is just goes to show you. Yeah, this is the thing, right? I mean, in the cycle that we live in now, it is hard when, when there's a perception of somebody, it is hard to shake it. You know, it is the high school reputation that you just can't get rid of for four years. And that that's where we're at. Now, Car- I mean, like, again, he went, I mean, on the surface, he threw 27 touchdowns with seven picks and we're all acting like he was terrible. But I just got off the call with an interview with the Colts beat writer. Who's like, don't look at those stats as meaningful. I'm like, ah, okay. I well, mean, I they mean- were one, they, they were one botched game against Jacksonville from going to the playoffs. Right. Though he was the part of the reason they botched that game. So I don't know there. It's like, yeah, he could have led them to the playoffs if he didn't screw that up. So. Um, just quick. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Just, just quickly. Each of you, give me your uh, quarterback. We'll put the quarterback aside the off season right now. They've got a little less than 3 million in cap space. You can factor in that Landon Collins is either going to take a pay cut or, you know, um, be waived or whatever and that'll create some they don't have a ton of other room but whatever it is within reason or you just want to go nuts what's the one thing for you beyond this that they that for you they need to do to feel a little bit better or or just that they need to do to help the situation well i kind of i mean this is drastic i kind of want them to trade montez sweat i actually think that the combination of sweat and young together um, sort of like in the locker room, the fact that they both skipped, didn't they both skip the OTAs or whatever it was, the voluntary workouts? I know Young, of course, did. Sweat um, skipped, Chase Young skipped all of it. Sweat's, sweat missed part of it. I just felt like they were this little buddy duo. And it's almost like with an NBA team, if you have a young player, like how when, when the wizard, to get a great wizard's analogy, when the Wizards got John Wall, they basically did everything they could to get, get rid, rid of Gilbert Arenas because they didn't want Arenas in any way corrupting John Wall. And not that Arenas is a bad guy and whatever with John Wall. And it's not that Montez Sweat is a bad guy. I just, I, I don't see that pairing. I think they're two of the same mind. And they didn't, they both were talking about how many sacks they were going to get and how they're going to dominate. And neither of them did it. Um, and this team improved defensively with those, with those two guys off the field. Um, and I think there's something to that as talented as they are together, I would like to see, and I know this is like, this isn't going to improve the team. I would still like to see, and they can't pay all of them. So trade Montez sweat. Maybe that's where you get your another first round pick without even trading back. Restruct, turn Montez sweat into Malik Willis somehow, right? And if they do that, I do. I do believe in Malik Willis's ability, the person that he is. From I've, he just seems so smart. He has such perspective on his growth from Auburn as a quarterback to what he became at Liberty. He has all the talent. That's my my plan. 
trade Montez Sweat, get another first round pick and another via that deal somehow. Malik Willis. You, That's you're, the exciting thing. I'll say you're you're singing my tune. I've been saying going back to the last year, it makes no sense to me from an asset allocation standpoint to extend all four of these defensive linemen. Can't now it. it's even more that way based on the way things unfolded because you know the, the, they've got they need other stuff. And I think you make a reasonable point about the the, the Montez Sweat Chase Young thing as the broader picture. What went wrong with the defense? they're going to have to ask what was going on with these guys and you know, do they need to be separated? Are they all good together? They're obviously talented. They got to solve that and trading one of them, whoever would be for assets would be one way to replenish the, the overall uh, situation, but also maximize the roster. So I'm kind of with you to some degree on that. Um, Gregory. I, I do agree. I do agree slightly, but I'm worried because he's still, a very talented young defensive lineman. Yeah. And it's like, those guys don't grow on trees. You're not like, this guy was, he was a beast, like not that long ago. You know what I mean? And so he had like one issue um, where it seemed like maybe there were a lot of problems. Maybe there were a lot of problems, but I don't know. When you have him and Chase Young on the same defensive line, that's always going to be tough to go against. I don't know all the numbers, Ben, you know that better than me, whether they can even keep these guys or they had to trade him. I was listening to the radio the other day and they were kind of saying, why didn't we include him in potential Russell Wilson trade talks, you know, that could have been an option too. That would really entice the Seahawks. So I don't know. I mean, I do think that's, that's something to be addressed. I also don't necessarily think it's like the number one issue necessarily. Um, well, obviously the number one issue is getting rid of Dan Snyder. I don't know how the hell that's going to happen, but uh, <laughs> that, that would, that would be like Christmas for me whenever that happens. But well, Tanya's uh, running the team, Greg. So what's that? Know, Dan- Tanya Snyder's running the team. True, true. So Tanya's out of the out of the picture. He's not even involved at all. <laughs> so don't worry about. Uh, that. No, but to, but to me, it's like yeah. I mean, the defensive line that is an issue. I think in the draft they probably need to get another stud receiver um, to pair with Terry because who the hell knows what's going to happen with Curtis Samuel. Um, they just need some more weapons, I think. And then also linebacker, especially Landon Collins is gone. It's like, I think they need to improve in the line on linebacker, but yeah, I don't know. I just, the defense for instance, like has a lot of talent and they just didn't put it together last year. Like they showed a couple years ago, that kind of scares me a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Mike, what your, what your prediction is for this upcoming year with Carson Wentz. I'm like envisioning another, 500 season unfortunately (laughs) maybe second maybe third in the division and it just kind of every year of our lives just gets repeated the same way we'll never have happiness and uh all right well here's what we should do we're all gonna you're gonna sleep on it we're gonna ponder it we're gonna see and then look there's gonna be other things that are gonna happen one way or the other um you know look i think this i think you this is that you guys made a strong uh tag team do duo i don't think we have to trade one of you so we can have we can do it we can run this back at some point we can do some sort of predictions or whatever it is and uh see where we're at maybe in a couple weeks when we see what everybody else does we're like ah you know what carson wentz somehow they traded for christian mccaffrey uh you know so i don't know came you know they they, uh they 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 drafted uh garrett wilson or ah, i don't know maybe you know maybe maybe there's a world where everybody gets excited what if it was just one really bad year? You never know. You never know. Could sure. have just been one I mean, really Philly, bad year. Philly took like an eight hundred million dollar cap hit to get rid of Carson Wentz, but yeah, it's just last year. Nothing else. <laughs> nothing else mattered. It's fine. Um, all right. I just want to say you make a great point, Ben. That eleventh pick—that's the excitement point, right? It's like 
pretty much every team in front of them has to do a certain thing besides Denver, um, which I guess Denver now has traded their pick, right? So Seattle now has number nine. Like every team in front of them has a level of desperation. Washington can just do best available. And it could be a pa- it could be a pass rusher, and they trade Montez Sweat. Like right, they could do anything they want now. That's where it's the excitement is. And Number and I, and just overall. to tie this in with the wizard stuff, because this is where oh, Greg likes me to podcast the most. Like my biggest issue always, whether we were talking big stuff or the little stuff, is what's the forward thinking move? You can't just react to the moment. And admittedly, this Carson Wentz deal felt like it was reacting to the moment. They got snubbed asking out the girls that they wanted. They turned to somebody else and maybe this wasn't the love of their life or they they didn't wait and be patient or whatever the stupid analogy would be. Uh, what comes next, whether it is something like what you're discussing, Mike, with the, with the Montez Sweat deal, something I'm co- mentioning with the trade down or even staying at what would get taken Malik Willis. I, the next steps does not necessarily change today's events, but we'll see where they're at because if they can come up with some interesting moves that are a little forward thinking, then this could be a good situation or at least not, you know, a, a situation we can be a little more optimistic about than it probably feels everybody is today, but that's the fun. And that's why you're going to keep coming back and listening to the podcast and reading the websites and Twitter and all that fun stuff. Uh, you guys rock, especially coming on at the, I mean, literally I asked them and within a few minutes they were here to zoom. So, Mike Smeltz, Greg Rosenstein, I appreciate it, guys. And uh, Carson Wentz, who knew? <laughs> New era in D.C. All right. Many thanks to Zach Kiefer, Greg Rosenstein, and Mike Smeltz for their time. Thanks to everyone here. Um, wow. What a week. The good thing is, from my perspective, is there's a quarterback done. At least I don't have to worry every day now about is there going to be breaking news, which did happen today and all that stuff. So wild, wild times for sure. But Carson Wentz is, is here and now we'll have to see how Washington can fix him. I think Scott Turner is going to become a really important figure now. He was already, but I think even more so now they're going to have to fix Carson Wentz to do that may take some work. But if they can get it done, Washington could have, like I said, their best quarterback in some time. We'll see. All right. That's it for now. Uh, uh, keep your heads up hope everything hope everyone is well uh until next time see ya